Let us pray. Gracious and blessed God, you have taught and commanded us above all things first to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Grant us grace that your holy word may be preached in all the world and in all its truth and purity. May we submit our reason to the obedience of faith and live holy lives as is proper for the children of God to your pleasing. Then your kingdom may come to us and increase and many people who do not yet believe in the word may be won through Christian conduct. Help us, dear God, who are delivered from the power of darkness and are translated into the kingdom of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. May we remain in his kingdom, faithfully continue in the wholesome doctrine, and live worthily as children of light in all piety and godliness. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text on which we meditate today is from the book of Ezra, the first chapter, beginning with the first verse. Please rise. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord given through the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. Cyrus circulated a proclamation throughout his kingdom and recorded it in a written document. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given all the kingdoms of the earth to me. He has appointed me to build a house for him in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. From all his people, whoever among you is willing, may the Lord his God be with him, is permitted to go up to Jerusalem in Judah. He may build the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. Any of the exiles who have survived in any place where they are living as, a res- as resident aliens may receive support from the people of that place, silver, gold, goods, and livestock, along with their voluntary contributions for the house of God who is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the families of Judah and Benjamin, the priests and the Levites arose, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go, to build, go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. All of their neighbors supported them with articles of silver, with gold, with goods, with livestock, and with valuables, in addition to all kinds of voluntary contributions. King Cyrus also brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and put into the house of his gods. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. We're at the end of another church year. And this year, our sermons have been surveying Old Testament history. And one thing that should be apparent after our study is that the history of God's people is a history of one deliverance after another deliverance after another deliverance. Here in the book of Ezra is one more deliverance. Persia was the new Egypt holding Israel captive. But here its king obeyed the voice of God and released the exiles to go back and rebuild the temple. The people came back to Jerusalem, they restored the worship of the one true God, and they lived joyfully before him once again. So let us learn what this means, that the exiles returned to Jerusalem. That history laid the foundation for the Messiah, who would bring release to all spiritual exiles, so that just as Israel returned home with Persia's gold and treasures, we also return richer than we were before. Our existence in this life is one of exile. Popular hymn sings, I'm but a stranger here, heaven is my home. 
We were made to live with and before God. Existence in the Garden of Eden was meant to be a permanent pattern for our life, that God would walk with us in the garden and we would enjoy His presence and His wonderful creation. But sin took us captive. Israel was not taken to Persia innocently. It was because of their repeated apostasy and rejection of God that they were removed. We were cast out of the garden because of our sin. Adam and all his descendants were rejected for his and for each of our own sins. So then just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, so also death spread to all people because all sinned. So we were set adrift. God is absent from us. A flaming sword is between us and him. An impenetrable veil divides us. Outside of God's kingdom, we are ruled in the kingdom of the godless, the kingdom of Satan. Consider Israel in Persia. We've heard some about the gods of Nebuchadnezzar. It seems as though their culture exalted gods to worship according to their whims, the whipping winds of opinion and feeling exalted those gods, and that's really not too different from humankind of all times and all places. Our rulers may erect idols of self-actualization or self-determination or of social justice. The true God is absent from the minds of the worldly or his image is corrupted. Because mankind is divided from God, it's our nature to make gods in our own image. We're under the rule of our idolatrous culture, just as Israel was under the rule of idolatrous Persia. The danger is that it will pull us astray. But God causes all things to serve him and his people. Godless King Cyrus was moved by God to send Israel back home. Their exile in Persia was a chastisement to them, a call for them to repent and to rely on him ever more fully. Luther says, So what appeared impossible earlier became very easy because of God's plan. Obviously, this is the way divine mercy, working wonderfully, turns all things into good for those who believe. Judgment is turned into salvation for them, sin into righteousness, etc., enemies into friends and subjects. Whenever things become difficult, whenever things seem impossible, that it seems impossible for us to worship God, for instance, whenever the whole world is set against us, remember how God turned the most impossible situation into glory and salvation. Jesus was rejected by the rulers, but he was crucified by the people. The whole culture turned against him and he died. But through all this came about Jesus' resurrection. And by means of this whole scheme of Jesus' perfect life, innocent death, and glorious resurrection, he secured salvation for you. Even when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
God made you alive with Christ by forgiving us all our trespasses. God erased the record of our debt brought against us by his legal demands. This record stood against us, but he took it away by nailing it to a cross. After disarming the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them by triumphing over them in Christ. So we are exalted in Christ, therefore, through baptism and through the word and through the sacrament of his body and blood, our citizenship is in heaven. We are eagerly waiting for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power that enables him to subject all things to himself, he will transform our humble bodies to be like his glorious body. See, now we live in this world now, in this world of exile, but we're already guaranteed all the riches of heaven. The plunder of our captors is ours, and we will go out with glory to return to heavenly Jerusalem to live before God in eternal glory and perfection. We go to be forever in God's house. People were sent ahead from Cyrus to build the temple. Jesus also ascended into heaven ahead of us, and as he said, I am going to prepare a place for you. The rebuilding of the temple took years. A line of other kings ascended and died while the work was being done, and difficulties were put in the way over and over again, but God caused that work to continue. He did that so that Jerusalem would be ready, ready for the coming of Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of that temple and its sacrifices. Because Jesus made the one sacrifice for all, winning forgiveness of sins with his blood. Now where these sins are forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Brothers, we have confidence to enter the most holy place through the blood of Jesus. It is a new and living way he opened for us through the curtain that is his flesh. We also have a great priest over the house of God. So let us approach with a sincere heart in the full confidence of faith because our hearts have been sprinkled to take away a bad conscience and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold on firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. So see how now we live by faith. Because we don't yet inhabit those heavenly mansions that Jesus is preparing. But he is preparing them now. Consider that as we live in this world. While the world is burning, we're in pain, the house is being built. And more than that, we are being prepared for it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy, He gave us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that is undying, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Through faith, you are being protected by God's power for the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the end of time. Because of this, you rejoice very much, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various kinds of trials, so that the proven character of your faith, which is more valuable than gold, which passes away even though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. We all receive that because our faith endures through these trials like gold endures through fire. 
I suppose you're all familiar with Psalm 23. It's a great psalm of comfort, and I encourage you to speak it in the darkest of times. You might picture it printed in artistic ways uh, and framed at your grandparents' houses, but it's not merely a sentimentality. It's the confident prayer of a man who is in the valley of the shadow of death. Someone who is surrounded by foes, but even there he sees his shepherd who loves him, who sets a table and drenches his head with oil. See, these are the sacraments that prove and guarantee the end. The victory in the one who speaks this psalm is confident. Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So in our days now, these last days, I advise you, with the words of the writer to the Hebrews, let us also consider carefully how to spur each other on to love and good works. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have the habit of doing, rather let us encourage each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Some of that may be a little bit hard in the light of COVID, and I don't want to shame anybody who doesn't come physically to church. I don't want anybody to feel any guilt over that, but I do want each of our members to consider how we bear one another's burdens. We are united as a congregation, even if not all our members are sitting here with us. How do we encourage one another? How do we look to the good of our brothers and sisters? Even those who don't return physically, they too consider carefully how to spur one another on to love and good works, how to encourage one another. That's our role as Christians. The day is approaching when we will see fulfilled the vision of St. John the Apostle. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because the glory of God has given it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it there is no day when its gates will be shut, for there will be no night in that place. They will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And we're returning to that city, that heavenly Jerusalem, which is full of all the riches of all the kingdoms of the world. All of this belongs to God, and you belong to God as his dear redeemed child. You are in exile now in this world, for sure. But God is bringing you home. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.